Affirmative Murder is brought to you by My Life in a Book. With Mother's Day right around the corner, I just know you guys are thinking about a truly special gift for your mom. But let me tell you about a pretty priceless gift. MyLifeinabook.com It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book that you could pass down from generation to generation, which I think is a pretty awesome memento to leave behind. Here's how it works. Every week, MyLifeinabook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions that you want to ask. Your mother or the mother can either type her response or record her voice. MyLifeInABook.com then compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. And guess what? They can even create an audio book using her voice recordings. It would be like preserving her voice and her stories for all of eternity. Your mom's giving you a lifetime of stories and this is your chance to give her a way to share them. I'm in the middle of my MyLifeInABook.com journey and I'm really excited to see how it turns out. I've been asking some pretty thought-provoking and funny questions and you know, I'm excited to see the response, but I'm also just excited to have the physical book in my hands and know that I can look back on it in 20, 30 years. The interface is super user-friendly. The questions are super easy to set up. It's a breeze of a process. So what I need you to do is check out mylifeinabook.com. That's mylifeinabook.com. And use code AMP. That's A-M as in Mother's Day. P. At checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for the mom in your life this Mother's Day. One more time. That's mylifeinabook.com. Use code AMP for 10% off today. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, a typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. What up? People, it has been a hell of a week once again. Uh, the Amazon is burning at a rapid pace. The world is coming to an end as we know it. This place that's responsible for 20% of the world's oxygen is just, just being destroyed at paces we've never seen before. But that chicken sandwich, though. I've had it. I have not either. Oh. But the way that it's taken the internet by storm, it, it's gotten to a point now where I feel like I'm in some kind of uh, Dave Chappelle show mm -hmm. skit or something. Like, motherfuckers are acting all the way up about this chicken sandwich, yeah. and it, there's just no way it can be that good. People are going back for, like, seconds. No, no, no. Fran, Fran, I didn't. I haven't not had the sandwich <laughs> because I'm just like, I'm the only person that's not interested uh -huh. in having the sandwich. I can't get the sandwich. 
And I, at this point, I've given up. I don't want to contribute to such coonery. How many times have you been? I've gone to Popeye's twice. I let me let me speak as a person who Pope, Popeye's is like, uh, you know, um, a reliable friend, a uh, a job that you that you know you can always come back to even if you quit. It it's always there. I've never had a situation where I've been to a Popeye's. And the line is too long, and I go, we're going to go to some other establishment because mm-hmm. the Popeyes is, the line is too long. There's never been a line at Popeyes. Has Popeyes been out of things? Yeah. Sometimes you go in there like, sorry, we don't have any more chicken today. And he's like, what? But I'm the only person here. Yeah. Sorry, we don't have any more chicken. It's just, we don't make a lot of it. I don't know. I went to Popeyes twice. The line wrapped around the building yeah. of the drive through I would have had to basically pull up at the drive through order the window, mm-hmm. go around the building one lap, boom, and get back before I could order my sandwich. Mm-hmm. That was once. It was Saturday at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. That's insane. The second time I went was like a weekday at lunchtime. That was my mistake. Even still, any other Popeyes, any other time in history, unless there was some other kind of uh, incident where they came out with something that had crack in it like this does, mm-hmm. you could go to Popeyes at lunch... And you'd be just fine. Yeah. Five minutes, ten minutes, you get your your food and you leave. You should not be waiting 45 minutes for a chicken sandwich, man. I haven't been because I know, because the line You won't get it. The line, so I just like, I'll wait till it die down and then I'll go. At this point, I don't want anything to do with the sandwich. I'm concerned. See, if I would have been able to get the sandwich 10 days ago, then I would have I would have been able to feel comfortable indulging in the hype because I know... It hadn't gotten to where it's gotten to. I mean, people are outside doing doo-wops, like boys to men, <laughs> with chicken sandwiches in their hand. Uh, singing, niggas are singing about chicken, Fran. And you know I don't like to use that word, but there's just no <laughs> other word to use in a circumstance where you got five black people singing R&B songs about a chicken sandwich. We, we got we to do... This is this has gone too far, man. Black Twitter, at first I was like, man, black Twitter did it again. We, we, we did it with AirPods. Mm. Just to see the power of the black dollar is really cool. But when it's when it when the uh when the Venn diagram co-mingles and intersects with chicken, it starts to get to a point where I'm like, this is making me kind of sick. I don't <laughs> like seeing black people go out like this over chicken. Cussing out the Popeyes workers. Yeah. I saw a meme of an old lady that worked at Popeyes, she had her hands in her head, yeah. like she just got finished game six. That's been everywhere. That lady is working for minimum wage, man. Don't make her a meme. She's it's, everywhere. It's it's not funny. It's too late. But it's just, it's not funny, man. That lady, they got that lady cranking out 600 chicken sandwiches a day for $7 or whatever minimum wage is, $10. And they got the, all, the nerve to also be rude about it and yeah. on top of that, make fun of her on the internet. I mean, they had her sitting next to the finals trophy. Have you seen that one? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> she looked motherfucking she ex- tired, She was man. exhausted, man. Motherfucking tired. Cranking out them sandwiches, man. M U H. F U K N T I E D. Motherfucking tie. What I'm saying is, people have been going back twice. It's like the line is less like, it's like, it's, there's no way. It's a, it's a fast food making, chicken sandwich, man. These people making one trip to the sandwich I'm trying to end it. Not coming back. It's the, the one in my house is packed every day. It's insane, man. It's wow. insane. Um, There's an episode of the Boondocks called Fried Chicken Flu. Mm -hmm. It came out in like 2009. It predicted this exactly. (laughs) It was a made-up fried chicken place that came out with these new buckets Mm -hmm. that had some kind of special seasoning on it, and black people went crazy over the fried chicken. And then 
So they, they, then the place ran out of chicken. Mm-hmm. They rioted over the chicken. What do you mean you don't have any more chicken? You sell chicken here. You know how many times I've seen that? It's not that big of a deal. Go yeah. get a burger from somewhere. Yeah. You're going to cuss the people out? Yeah, you're going to cuss the people out, man. It's a fast food restaurant. But then the twist, and I've already started to see it, and this is why I'm out on the sandwich. In the boondocks, the fried chicken flu mm-hmm. came from the chicken. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going crazy eating all the chicken. Chicken made them sick. Mm-hmm. Became a pandemic. People were locking themselves in the house, going crazy over resources, going insane because the chicken made them sick. I heard reports from Atlanta. It could be a whole just uh, from something else because everything's making us sick. Everything has cancer and it. I could be it could be just in in inconclusive. It could be unrelated. Mm-hmm. There's a, been a salmonella outbreak in Atlanta that's linked to possibly these Popeye's chicken sandwiches. That could be fake news. I have not like gone and done in-depth research to really, you know, confirm it, or, you know. But why? Why? Because well, it will make sense. Because now they're cranking out the sandwiches at such high pace. I was about to say that it's crispy on the outside, but the center might not be cooked, yeah. or, or or any of the inside of it. They the had middle. a picture of one of one that wasn't cooked. All well, I don't know. See, because see, see what what this does now. See, Black Twitter with the the highs. Once everybody, oh my god, y'all, this sandwich right here, I smack my mom for it. Once the wave goes up, that's when the slander comes. Mm-hmm. People start taking the you know those uh those Hawaiian rolls mm-hmm. from the grocery store. You like. And they take that and a chicken nugget and don't cook the chicken nugget all the way and put it in there and cut it up. Y'all, I got this sandwich from Popeye's, man. This shit is is uh, uncooked. And then there's 5,000 retweets. and say, Now you're slandering the Popeye's movement mm-hmm. for for more fame. Mm-hmm. So first you, you're giving it praise while it's on the way up. Giving mm-hmm. it praise. Then once it hits that peak, that's when all the crazy stories come out. Y'all, I went to Popeye's and they put my chicken sandwich on a biscuit. This is crazy. And you're like... Uh, that's a that's not even a Popeye's biscuit, and that chicken <laughs> thing is not even from that's not from Popeye's. Or you just or you ordered that. Yeah. So that's where the slander comes. But I have every reason to feel the way I feel. Not I haven't even had the sandwich, so I feel like I'm pretty biased. I don't want anything to do with the sandwich anymore. And I'm here to say I know we have you know people from all types of backgrounds that listen to this, and probably people from all types of ba- types of backgrounds are eating the chicken sandwich. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sure white people are eating the chicken sandwich, Spanish people are eating the ch- chicken sandwich. Black people, we got to be really careful what we put our energy behind and smile and all this type of shit because I'll tell you what, Popeye's, I don't know if if this is what happened, but Popeye's put Jerry Rice, Hall of Fame wide receiver, in a football helmet with the bar that go across your face. They had a drumstick in it. And he was in the video, oh man, chicken is great. Cooning and looking silly, not realizing because Popeyes is their marketing department is like, oh, black people love our chicken, yeah. so it's cool. They love Jerry Rice, Jerry Rice fried chicken, fried chicken helmet. Mm-hmm. They see us out here doo wopping and shoe wopping and singing in front of these Popeyes, and then when they fucking turn around and put out some kind of commercial that comes off as mad racist, because we agree. everybody gonna be mad. But we've been out here, man, mm, mm, this chicken is mm, 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 flicking, licking your fingers and shit <laughs> on videos and putting shit, doing TikToks and all types of shit, singing with the chicken and dancing with the chicken. Now, when Popeye's takes all this momentum and this free uh, promotion that Black Twitter gave him and goes, oh, let's take, uh, we're going to hire a black comedian or something and have them do some mad coonerish shit in the video. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be hilarious. The black people are going to love it. They've been loving the chicken just themselves making the jokes. Yeah. We'll make the jokes now. And it's going to be an outrage and Popeye's going to get canceled. But it, we have to recognize that we're doing that right now. Mm-hmm. We're, we're giving them permission to say, man, let's just make a commercial where black people are going nuts over the chicken. This shit is wild. This is like level, I remember, so Popeye's has two infractions that we kind of 
are not addressing in the moment of all this nonsense, but that Jerry Rice Hummel was one, and they had Mary J. Blige like singing into a drumstick at one point or something, or she was singing about the chicken. Uh, they've tried to market to black people before, and when they do it, they've done it terribly and offensively. And this time, but how we was did that it on offensively, though? Mary J. Blige singing, Ooh, chicken, mm, it's so scrumptious when I eat the chicken, yeah. But I we don't want to hear it, that though. shit, man. I'm, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> we did it this time. I'm not, I've never sung it. First of all, we nothing. I've never sang about chicken in my life. Ever. That's for one. For two, I've never worn a football helmet and been in the football practice and had a, oh, let me save time. I'm going to put a drumstick on the, uh, on the face guard bar. Never. That's never happened. I don't know what to do with your spare time. But as I was saying. <laughs> oh, have you done that? that? <laughs> no, but I'm saying, how was that offensive to us, though, if we if we out there doing it anyway? That's what I'm, but that's what I'm saying, friend. We are not doing it. <laughs> Some black people are doing oh, okay, it, and they're going to say, yeah. this is how you market towards all black people based on this fucking wave of social media uh, imprints and videos and tweets and all this stuff. They're going to say, this is how you get black people to eat chicken. You got to make fun of them and talk, you know, talk and jive and and, and talk about their mom. Mm, my mom's chicken is uh, whatever, you know. I just don't want them to try to. My whole point is, if black people love chicken, everybody loves chicken. For one, for one, mm. everybody loves fried chicken. But if black people love fried chicken, that's cool. But what I'm saying to you is, and I can already see it, if and when Popeyes tries to capitalize off this momentum and put out some kind of commercial a month from now, like. Man, some fucking, this is a, I can already picture now, some Popeye's uh, worker uh, got a fucking eye patch on and it's just like, like they just went through the war and they're like, what happened to you? Oh, it was crazy, the, the fried chicken wars of 2019, I survived them. And they flash back and it's black people busting windows out mm. and fucking flipping cars over and all that, like a looting and a riot. <laughs> it's going to be the symbolism of the video over a chicken sandwich. And black people, fucking Sean King and the NC and the NAACP are gonna come out. This is the most horrendous thing that's ever happened to black people ever. Mm -hmm. This is what's gonna happen, man. This is my concern because they see us out here cooning over this chicken, and they're gonna go, "Oh, they love the chicken. Let's give them more. Let's let's make our own ad to celebrate this moment." And they're gonna do it wrong, and it's gonna be offensive and fucked up. But at the same time, I understand what you're saying because we're singing about the chicken. Yeah. But it's not we. I have never sung about yeah. chicken in my life. I would never do a boys to men choir about chicken mm -hmm. and do wop and shoe wop in front of a Popeyes with a sandwich in my hand. Ever. So my whole point is, it's not that deep, guys. It was funny for the last 10 days. Popeyes, they did it. They, yeah, like, go to Popeyes over Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A's homophobic, whatever. Yeah, Popeyes is better. Cool. They won. You don't got to cuss these people out over a chicken sandwich, man. You don't got to wait an hour and a half for a fast food chicken sandwich. You can go to any restaurant. I would just pick, pick a restaurant out of a hat. I guarantee you they make a better chicken sandwich than that Popeye's chicken sandwich. I guarantee. Any restaurant that just has a kitchen and takes time and you set to sit down and a waiter comes and takes your order and they give you some kind of huckleberry lemonade, they make a better chicken sandwich than, than Popeye's. Why are you spending an hour and a half of your time waiting for a fast food? You could go sit down in a nice booth, air-conditioned room, and get a quality chicken sandwich with waffle fries, sweet potato fries, whatever kind of... Just a, a gourmet curated sandwich. And we are going out like this over a Popeye's chicken sandwich, man. Have you not had anybody to talk to this about? No. <laughs> I no, I have not. 
I, I this has been sitting on my mind for the last ten days, man. I'm furious about this. Social media is a powerful tool, man. Why is it not hitting you? Why do you not care so much? Because you got bigger shit. That you just got bigger no, shit to worry about. Not, you not see, You don't see these people. Even our friends on Facebook, man. Y'all, this chicken sandwich, man, it's better than this. But it's a become a. It's become a. In 2019, 40 years from now, this is a moment in pop culture. 40 years from now, people are gonna be like, remember when Popeyes dropped that chicken sandwich and everybody went. That's how big this became. Mm. That's nuts. It's just I'm I'm not de- I'm just not pressed over it, man. I'm not pressed over it either. I'm mad everybody else is so pressed yeah, over. Yeah, that's it. you're not so, even pressed over that. Is because social media is what I'm saying though. One person goes, "Oh, yeah, I need to try it." Once you go, this is better than Chick Fil A sandwich. It explodes. Once you say something is better than Chick Fil A sandwich, it then it catches on. Like that, that you know when they when they um was uh talking about the i the iPods on Twitter or whatever. The AirPods. A, yeah, AirPods. I seen a dude if you're in the club. Poor. I seen a dude in the club with No, you did not. I sw- it was on Twitter, I swear. He was dancing with, <laughs> with AirPods, AirPods on. In. I was like, it's a, yo, this is I was a like, that's not that's not about I think for us as black people, it's not about these are just convenient to have because we don't have wires. It's yeah, no, just, it's like it's a, it's a stunt. Now. It's a stunt. It's a stunt. If you don't have these, you aren't doing it right. If you have But more they than did a, that with a chicken sandwich, though. I'm not wild. saying the AirPods is better, but they're like, yo, this chicken's let me give my opinion on this chicken sandwich. Let me make a video about this chicken. I want to be a part of this moment about a chicken sandwich. I just don't think it's that good. Maybe that's why I'm not so pressed. But you, but I, I won't know. ever know because I never had it, and I'm damn sure not gonna get it within the next couple of days. Not even because I, not even because I. Again, let me be clear. Not because I don't want to get the chicken sandwich. I want to try it too. I can't get the chicken right. sandwich. You know, my mom called me, bro. My mom called me today and said, you want to do like a chicken sandwich challenge tomorrow and we both get a chicken sandwich and we try it and see if we like it? I said, impossible. We won't even get a chance to get the sandwich. No. She said, we could grub hub it or something. I said, they will call you and say, we don't have the sandwich. It's been it's been videos where the person goes up to the door and somebody's like, somebody inside like... Oh, he think he gonna get a chicken sandwich, and he like hands get, gets the door handle, reads the note, and then walks away because the note says we don't have any more chicken. Sandwich. That's what they came for. Popeyes yeah. is never. They never. You know what the worst part is? Popeyes is not even ready for this volume of fucking customer. They don't, they're not ready for this type have, of customer service. They don't have the staff. They don't have the. They don't have the infrastructure <laughs> to handle lines going around the building and all this type of shit. So it's gonna implode, and people are gonna get ready. sick. I'm genuinely concerned. People are gonna get sick. That's how this story ends. It wasn't ready. Popeyes is gonna crash and burn on itself. And they're going to go back to just selling the two-piece crispy, spicy, with the dry biscuit and the sweet tea. That's gonna, They're going to go back to their old faithful, you know, 10 customers a day, just consistent Popeyes. This is this volume is too much. Employees, I know they mad. Furious! <laughs> I make $10 an hour. You want me to work uh, like I'm fucking at a, 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 a music festival? Oh, man. Imagine working at Popeyes and all of a sudden you go from... Yeah, we drop the chicken every like every like hour. We drop like however many pieces of chicken. And it's pretty consistent. Maybe you know sometimes lunch is a little busy. Two from the time you flip the open sign, the line goes around the building, and y'all just cranking out chicken sandwiches all day long. And the chicken sandwich is not like you know Popeye specializes in chicken, so you just put a thigh or whatever in the box. Yeah. You gotta put sauce on the bread and pickles and oh dress the sandwich they gonna start half-assing it now that's what I'm saying and that's why I don't wanna try it right now cause I'm gonna get the salmonella sandwich mm. I already know I'll the wait. time has passed it's too busy right now let the hype die down yeah. and it go back then to normal can. then you go get it when they when they just it's you're the only person there they really taking time crafting your yep, sandwich exactly. instead of being like throwing the pickles on it you open the bread up and the pickles not even on the bread it's so you know think you like a little dab of the sauce yeah you know I don't I just I don't want any parts of this right now that's what I'm waiting for I'm waiting for it to die down we gotta do better man 
And but again, I touched on it briefly. But on a serious note, there's nothing really to be done about it. I, the one thing that made me laugh, in a sense, was while all this Popeye's nonsense was happening, the news came about that Amazon rainforest is burning, and people were like, people talking about this sandwich and all this shit. When the Amazon, why aren't we talking about the Amazon rainforest burning down? And it's mm-hmm. like. Well, shit, I mean, I can't do anything about that. No. You know, we can spread awareness and talk about it, but you don't need to, uh, you know, come and rain. I hate when people do that, when rain on everybody. This was like, this was like six days ago when it was still funny to me, mm-hmm. where I'm in the middle of laughing and I saw that. I was like, yeah. why you kind of, why you got to come in and rain on people's parade? We in here having a good time. You want to make us feel bad because we're not being environmentally conscious. What do you want me to do about the fires burning? But now it's burned out of control, and the only thing that we can do is spread awareness. I, I, I'm, I can't put on a fire suit and go put the fire out, yeah. but it is very serious, and I'm starting to learn that there's a chance that this was like a man-made fire, and there's some really insidious kind of uh, rumors going, going around. Well, there's not even so much a conspiracy. The fire broke out in a place where there was um, you know, cattle farming and a lot of industrial business and shit going on, like mm. people tearing down trees to build, yeah. build factories, and so... You know, if there's a bunch of burnt down land, then that same business can go, oh, man, all this land is burnt down. But if we come in and we build factories here and then that'll bring money to Brazil. So we're the good guys. Meanwhile, I could be in the middle of the night, some dudes in some black masks fucking throwing some lighters fluid and some matches down and burn all that shit down and come back through and buy it for cheap or come through and make it seem like it's some kind of, you know, uh, save the day kind of shit. That's nuts. So that's none of this is confirmed. I don't know shit. I'm just saying these are the talks that's going on. Either way, that shit is burning at an alarming rate. I hope it gets put out soon. And it's another reason. Once again, here's another situation where I'm like, I don't know if I want to have kids, man. I just don't know. Yeah. I just don't know. It's just, what are we giving them? What are they inheriting? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a lot to think about for me. And it's tough. But... Anyway, let's uh get into these good vibes and let's get out of this darkness and chicken rant and all this. We're going to put all this behind us and we'll <laughs> talk about these good vibes. That's right, folks. Welcome to another segment of Good Vibes. We're here to inhale, exhale, woo-saw, get that good energy in yourself. Before we get to this fucked up shit, Fran, you got something for me or you want me to go? Yeah, I'll go. My good vibe this week is about uh, an airline passenger was left sobbing and ha- sobbing with happy tears after she witnessed a man's compassion towards a frightened elderly woman on their flight. Mm. Megan Ashley, got two first names. Yeah, had basic, been flying, basic first names. Yeah, had <laughs> been flying from San Diego to Nashville last month when she overheard a 96-year-old woman saying that she was anxious because she had not flown in 15 years. Mm-hmm. When the plane began to take off, the elderly woman asked the young man sitting next to her if she could hold his hand. She asked for the man's hand during the takeoff and then hugged him again when experiencing turbulence, mm. said Ashley. This gentleman and I, this gentleman, I should say, gladly took her hand, let her hold on to him, calmed her by talking to her and explaining, explaining everything that was happening. And he helped her stand up to go to the restroom and watch her carefully walk down the aisle. He knew just what to do the entire flight to help. She continued, this man was her flight angel. Mm. The man didn't just show the woman the woman compassion for the duration of the flight. Either, after they got off the plane, he insisted on holding her bag, helping her into her wheelchair, and staying with her until she reunited with her daughter. Mm. Ashley was so touched by the incident, she snapped several photos of the exchange posted... Ex- 
several photos of, of the exchange and posted them on Facebook so she could praise the young man for his kindness. So she went on Snap Pictures and put up a whole Facebook page mm-hmm. um, about, you know, how good of a guy this was and him being there for that other lady because she was on the flight by herself. Yeah. Just to, you know, calm her and keep her, you know. For sure. Yeah, keep her calm. Keep her calm during the flight and whatnot. So that was that was pretty cool, though. So That is beautiful. Yeah. I can't say I, I would be doing the same, uh, admittedly. Mm-hmm. See, my technique on flights is as soon as I get on the plane, I act like I'm asleep. Cause I don't like to talk to people, <laughs> so because th- there's there's like three main places where small talk is just the worst, and I hate small talk. I hate answering like those five stupid ass questions. Mm-hmm. It's like the getting on the plane, putting your bags on the overhead thing, and mm-hmm. that kind of just mingling part. People start, where are you going? Oh, do you? What do you do? I hate that. The second, that's probably I don't know if it's it's up there. It's top three. The mm-hmm. airplane is the top three. The second one for that is. Um, like uh, at any kind of government building, like the MVA or mm-hmm. any kind of shit like that, like or DMV, some places it's called, where you get your license. Mm-hmm. People just want to just chit chat and talk to you and ask you what you're doing here, or something falls and it's like, oh man, nice job, <laughs> right? And make mm-hmm. a joke and they want to look at you to laugh at the joke. I hate that type of shit. So when I get on the plane, as soon as I put my bag in the overhead thing, I act like I'm asleep. Mm-hmm. And now Sierra will be talking and hearing people in the. Oh, this is my fiance. Oh, he, oh, he's asleep. Mm-hmm. And then she'll like tap me and like, yeah, no. Because I'm not asleep. I just don't want to talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. So I probably would have immediately fell pretending to be asleep once that old lady sat down. Unless she started making some kind of noises like she was in pain. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound like this was physical pain. This was like emotional pain. I would have already been checked out at that point of it and pretending to be asleep. <laughs> but what that guy did, incredible. Good Samaritan. Helping old ladies walk across the street. Helping yeah. old ladies get to the bathroom on planes and all this kind of stuff. I don't know how safe it is for a 96-year-old person to be flying. I feel like that pressure and that altitude probably... You really feel that in your bones because yeah. they're so, you know, brittle and, mm. and brittle and, and, and fragile at that point. So con- kudos to her for being even able to fly at 96 yeah. years old. But, um, yeah, I probably would have pretended to be asleep on that one and let the person on the other, you know, three re- three, three seats, let, let the other person, you know. But what that. if she was at the window seat and you was in the middle? I'd never take the middle seat. Right. I never, never, <laughs> I'd never take the middle seat. I, I avoided it at all costs. <laughs> anyway, uh, salute to that old lady, salute to that young man, and salute to Megan Ashley for um, using them for clout. Um, my good vibe story this week is about these two sisters who have been reading bedtime stories aloud on Facebook, on Facebook Live in order to share their love of books with children who may not be as fortunate. Hmm. So every week, Monday through Friday... As at- fortunate... Okay, no, it's fortunate to be able to get books. It's fortunate oh, okay. to be able to be able to read. It's fortunate to be able to have a interest in reading. You know, so many many levels. Mm-hmm. Every week, f- Monday through Friday at eight p.m., thirteen-year-old Zaria Willard and her eight-year-old sister Haley visit their local bookstore and pick out a selection of books to read on social media. The girls then take uh, turns reading their Facebook Live readings every night of the work week. The Delaware girls have been sharing their daily bedtime stories on their Zaria X Haley Facebook page since March, and they have already garnered 10,000 fans. Now, Mm. the really cool thing about these two little girls is they like to put a focus on books that have black characters in them because they've said, you know, they're from, I mean, I don't know the population of Delaware, but they said out of their mouth, like, there's not a lot of black people around here. So um, there aren't a ton of books that are in our curriculum that are about black people. Mm-hmm. So we like to read stories about black girls and their hair, black superheroes, whatever, because it feels makes us feel good to mm-hmm. feel represented and mm-hmm. see ourselves as whatever fantasy roles we can be. And they then take that energy and that happiness and read the books 
to whoever is watching on their Facebook Live. Mm-hmm. Um, they said, we are, we are already reading each night, but we thought it would be beneficial for children who don't get this luxury. Um, and then they also said, parents sometimes work late and are too tired for stories, so we are not only helping children, we are also giving parents a nice break after a long day of work. They said, we re- they said, we presented the idea to our mom, and she said it would be great. She personally doesn't uh, want us to be on social media, but we all agreed being on it in a positive way would uh, help light the world, which mm-hmm. I thought was, that was a really cute thing. And again, it's like a 12-year-old. What, let me just get the ages right. 13 and 8. To say something like that sounds like the mom has a good head on her shoulders, mm-hmm. is teaching her kids right. First of all, they're reading recreationally. There was nothing worse to me than getting the summer reading list. I hated that. I never read any of the books. It felt like a job. It felt like a chore. I wish audiobooks were out when I was like nine. I probably would know a lot more than I'm than I know now mm-hmm. because I would have had more of an interest in reading a book that Danny DeVito is narrating or something. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I or listening to a book that Danny DeVito is narrating. But just reading a book is so. It's just not my thing, man. Yeah. I love articles. I love things that are really like succinct. Like it's about this. Like mm-hmm. it's about robots. It's about artificial technology. And it's just, you know, two pages, three pages, whatever. But having to get into the characters and build the world in your brain. And this girl looks like this. And she had red hair and freckles. She looked like, uh, it's just too much. I'll watch the movie. <laughs> I'll watch the movie. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, no, I really thought it was really cool. The, the, the main thing I liked about this is for one, um, as we come, as it's been kind of my, uh, it's become a like a um, trend for me is to come and talk about these entrepreneurial ass kids, you know. And this is they're using their social media and their in their socializers currency. Mm-hmm. They have a they have a, a Zaria X Haley Facebook page that gets traction, and they are spreading a positive message. And I hope they put out merch. And I hope they put out they're writing their own children's books, mm. you know, about their family. So take your 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 uh this this um currency that you've generated. By being on Facebook and reading these books and turn it into something. I love that. Make yeah. a write a book. You're already reading books. Write your own book, then read that book to people. And yeah. then at the end, tell them where to buy the book. Make shirts. You know, it's just such a it's such a cool time right now mm-hmm. where you could just have an idea, do it, and and all of the resources that you need are at your they're available to you. Yeah, the gates aren't locked anymore. Like you can go and make a, 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 a one of those go on one of those uh, websites that makes the t-shirts like T Public. And just make the t-shirts, you you buy the shirts, you sell the shirts. You figure out what's the number of the amount you need to make the shirt for you to make a profit. And you're mm. now you're a business person. You yeah. can become a business person overnight. I love this. It's, there, there's such a cool time. So shout out to Zaria and Haley for just being, you know. I like that name. Yeah, Zaria. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's it's, it's a good name. Yeah. It's, it's teetering towards, <laughs> like, don't name your kid that. But it's right there in the middle where it's still pretty. <laughs> you know? Um, it's not it's like no, it's not Zonet. Yeah, well, we know one of those. Yeah, but don't name your kid. <laughs> you know, it's just that it's just a lot to say. It comes out weird. It's just you know, it's just, you know, like make it a light name. Zaria just kind of comes off great, but it, uh, there's a hint at the end. You're like, Zaria, what is, what does that mean? But you yeah. don't, you're not mad about it. You're uh, like, interesting. I wonder what that, what the origin of it is. You're not like, why would you name her Zaria? Yeah, you're just intrigued. That's where you get. There's a line, and you get when you get to a point where it's like Flamante, <laughs> and you're like, "Why would you name your kid that?" You're not like, "Oh, cool." You're like, "Why?" <laughs> he has to get a job and grow up and all this kind of stuff. And I wish we didn't live in a society where the bosses are going to dictate uh, giving the job based on shit like that. But we do. Maybe someday we won't. 
but it's kind of hard to be uh, a Shabrika and get a job as a, a receptionist. Yeah. That's just the way the world works. I yeah. hope it changes someday, and I hope name discrimination and all that shit is gone. But for now, just give your kid like a little more of a of a quote unquote normal name. Not if I'm not the boss. Mm-hmm. Not if you're the boss. Yeah. Oh, you don't like it either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't want to be like if you just talk to my receptionist. Uh, Whatever. I don't know. I don't want to keep throwing. I'm just saying somebody could be listening and they're like, my name's Shabra, Shabra, whatever I just said. I don't want to keep, I don't want to keep throwing names out there. That offend people. <laughs> and there's other names that are like Russian names that sound foolish. There's a white dude in my name. His name, his de- father named him Blaze. Hmm. It's, but it's B-L-A-I-S-E. Like they tried to be fancy about it. Hmm. It's still Blaze though. Don't name your kid that. They have to be an adult. The best thing they can look forward to is being in Guy Fieri's entourage. If your name's Blaze, <laughs> you also have like some kind of soul patch, uh, goatee thing with a flame T-shirt on. Does it and, fit him? Huh? Does it fit him? Does it fit anybody? What is the person name? No, because just you, explain how you know, he look. Well, no, it doesn't because he doesn't look like Guy Fieri. <laughs> That's right. who anybody whose name is Blaze or Scooter or any kind of name like that. You need to look like Guy Fieri. Scooter. Have your sunglasses on the back? They are in the back of your head, like. You know, uh, and frosted tips. He doesn't look like that. Anyway, um, that was my good vibe. Shout out to Zari and Haley. Shout out to the old lady who got helped on the plane. Um, hope these uh, put some positive energy in you after the chicken rant and after finding out that the Amazon rainforest is burning down and we're all going to die. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And because that summer is, I'm, I'm going to speak and I'm probably going to fuck us over, friend. But I feel like summer is breaking. Yeah, I think and, so too. And, and, and we're starting to lean in the fall. We're going to start getting those 80 degree days, those 75 yeah. degree days. And because we're going to got some pretty days ahead of us, mm-hmm. I'm going to take us out to some pretty wings by Maxwell. Mm, classic. We, very classic. And when we come back, we're going to talk about this fucked up shit. Your face will be the reason I smile But I will not see what I cannot have forever I'll always love you I hope you feel the same Oh, you played me dirty Your game was so bad Toy when my affliction Had to fill out my prescription From the way I'm a deal I had to set you free All right, and we are back. Uh, folks, we are fastly coming up on our 100th episode. What I would like to do, uh, I'm putting it out there. People, uh, well, I'm just going to see how many responses I get, and we'll adjust on the fly if it's, not a, if it's not a lot of submissions. But we did something last year. We got a wonderful submission from Alyssa Turtle where we just had somebody, we had people, you know, send us. And there was also some confusion. People were saying, I thought you meant, I don't know what people were saying, but it was crazy. Alyssa figured it out. Other people didn't understand what I was saying, so let me try to be clear. For our 100th episode, I would like people 
to either let us know what their favorite moments are in writing and we can shout them out and maybe play the clip from that. If you let us know it was episode this at in France story, whatever, I can do the research and I can find the clips and pull the clips or you can send in an audio mm-hmm. file of you telling us what your favorite moments are. And then for the 100th episode, I would like for each of us to come in and kind of retell, but better and quicker, more of like in our own words, our favorite story that we've done in the time of the show, in all 100 episodes, one the story that stuck with us the most. Mm-hmm. That's my vision for the 100th episode. Mm-hmm. Just kind of reflecting, looking forward to the future, and also re- like kind of, for lack of a better word, like reminiscing on one really terrible story that really stuck with us and really impacted us, maybe even changed the way we saw the world and saw you know issues in the world, come back and tell that story kind of summarized in our own words. That's my vision for episode 100 of Affirmative Murder. I'm leaving that up to the listeners and see how many submissions we get, how much interest we get. And if not, then we'll just come in and just do We'll just yeah, blow a little thing. 100 episodes and just do it regular if we don't get a ton of, you know, <laughs> submissions. Because if, if that wasn't clear, I don't want somebody to uh, episode 101 be like, I thought you meant you wanted us to come to Baltimore and be on Whoa. the podcast and say it out loud. And I don't have money to get a ticket to Baltimore. It's like, okay. That's not what I'm saying. You record it on your phone, whatever. Email it to us at affirmativemurder at gmail.com and we'll listen to it and we'll, you know, put it on the thing. That's what I'm saying. Anyway, that's the plan. That's what I would like to do. We'll see what happens. Fran, the floor is yours. All right. So my for murder this week is about the murder of Kendrick Johnson. Hmm. Um, I was initially going to do another story, but I was, another story I was researching and then this one popped in my head because I remembered it. I don't know how it just popped in my head. Okay. just... I was just like, we you know what? I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna read yeah. this article and do this. It's it's like that sometimes. Sometimes you just get struck. Yeah, yeah old yeah. memory pop up or yep. you know whatever. So this one is on the website all things all that's interesting dot com. I know that website. Yeah, um, this was published by Natalie Dugroot. So you know, won't get yeah. the sources oh, out yeah, there. Yeah, so yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah, have sure. those problems. So seventeen, you might have heard this story before, and I think all the listeners probably heard this story before. I'm sure. Perhaps. Once I get into it, you'll be like, "Oh, I remember that." Okay. It's probably like the first like two seconds, you. Okay. So seventeen year old Kendrick Johnson's body was found upside down and rolled up gym mat. Yes. Yep. The police initially ruled it an accident, but his parents sus- suspect a cover up. On January 11, 2013, the body of a seventeen year old Kendrick Johnson was found in the most unusual circumstances, upside down and rolled up in a school gym mat. Mm-hmm. The mysterious death of Kendrick Johnson was initially ruled an accident by law enforcement, but his family was not convinced. Mm-hmm. The, initial, the initial autopsy revealed that Johnson died due to positional asphyxia. Yeah. Ex- okay. Because he was rolled up there. Yeah. Because he was rolled up in yeah. the mat. Yeah. Upside down. Or that he suffocated as a result of being stuck upside down in an enclosed space for an extended period of time. Just in, experience, in an extended period of time. Just after 24 hours of being found, the investigators ruled Johnson's death an, an accident. Mm-hmm. The sheriff's department asserted that Johnson must have accidentally fallen into the center of the mat while reaching for a sneaker. That's just such a terrible... If that, and, and you know, the craziest part of that is that's the official story. You know, I've gone back because that, that just is a terrible... I know kids do dumb shit like, well, we'll let, jump over a fence and then you get your pants stuck on the fence and you're stuck hanging there or whatever. But that's such a terrible official story. I want to read it again. The sheriff's department officially ass- this is official story asserted that Johnson must have accidentally fallen into the center of the mat 
while reaching for his fell head. and then rolled himself up into the mat. That's he just kept falling till he was in the middle. I couldn't be a parent to tell me that. I'm no, I'm burning the school down. <laughs> Simple as I, that. I, I, I actually I, I touched on this briefly when I was doing. I, I don't know if I did it as an affirmative murder or if I just was talking news. Was when all those people who were inv- involved in the Ferguson protests, mm-hmm. people just kept popping up, shot in the head, murdered, hanging mm-hmm. from trees. They, oh, they committed suicide. And then the brother of one of the guys that was hung from a tree said, my brother wouldn't hang himself with uh, brand new clean shoes on or whatever. You know, like so. And I because it's, you know, I don't know how much you're going to touch on it, but there's a whole conspiracy of like what what happened. And with that and with other black kids mm-hmm. around the country, it's just mysteriously disappearing and yeah but i'll let you get back yep um so they said while he was reaching for a sneaker which he had stored there as so as not to have to pay for a locker i mean why are kids paying for lockers why are why why are they so rigorous about paying for the lockers that the kids have to hide their sneakers it'd be one thing if it said he didn't want his stuff to get stolen Mm mm-hmm because I remember when we were in school, all you had to do was buy a lock. Yeah. You could put your stuff in the locker, but... They had combinations on them. Oh, they did? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, never mind then. Shit. But well. a lock was just an extra type of security. Yeah, you get your own security. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, So, paying for a locker is nuts. I, you know, but public school systems trash all over this That's country. Insane. So, But paying for a locker for a kid to keep their stuff safe and secure, you have to pay for security. That's yeah. crazy. It's <laughs> wild. The locker's are already in the school. Yeah. They're already installed. Why are you <laughs> charging rental fees to kill? That's insane. Uh, so, yeah, but Johnson's parents felt that his death was not being taken seriously in part because of his race or because a larger cover-up was at play. Mm. Kendrick, Kendrick Johnson lived with his family in Vodosta, in Vodosta Georgia, and attended Lowndes High School. His family and friends described him as a sweet and quiet boy. He was three sport athlete and dream of one a dream of one day playing professional football. But those dreams were cut short when his body was found by students entering the gymnasium rolled up in a rolled, in, rolled up in a standing gym mat. His sneakers were shoved behind his knees, but investigators quickly closed their case on the theory that Johnson had simply fallen into the mat while and reaching for one of his sneakers. And got rolled up in the mat. Indeed, when the mat was first unrolled, Johnson did have one arm stretched above his head and the other down down on his waist as though struggling for his shoe. He was just in his socks. Students had also told police that it was common for them to leave their belongings in the mats when they didn't want to play when they didn't want to pay for a locker. But why would you even as okay, say let's just say if it was true. Okay. Or let's just say I'll play. I'll let's play. let's I'll just play say he did fall into the mat. Okay. I mean, I wouldn't put my shoes that deep into the, that deep into a standing mat. You, and how do you end up? I don't even understand. So what I'm imagining is the mats are already rolled up. Right. So he threw them over top of the at the where the holes are for like once it's rolled up, you know, like a cinnamon roll. Right. Or whatever, exactly. The holes at the top. Yeah. So he. Threw his sneakers in there to keep him safe, and then when it was done, he climbed up and then had to kind of like flip himself upside down and reach into for the for the shoe, and yeah. then fell all the way in there. Yeah, and couldn't get out, and nobody was there. But also, you can knock the mat over and slither out. 
I'm just for your shoe. Your shoe, if it's a hole. Yes. Oh, before you even, before you even get <laughs> like, in the hole. Yeah. It just it it. Well, well, the main point is the shit doesn't make any fucking right, sense. Right. But I mean, and at the very worst, I hope these parents sued the school system because why are you making these kids? Kids are like, oh wait, man, I don't want to pay for, I don't want to rent a locker this week, so I'm gonna just hide my shoes. Right. What? Hide my gym shoes. Yeah. So the map, which Johnson was found around, which Johnson was found was around six feet tall, when rolled up. The mat left a 14-inch hole in, di- in diameter mm-hmm. in the center. Johnson's shoulders measured, measured at 19 across, and he was 5 feet, 10 inches tall. So they're saying he just fell. It was so tight, he it fell was, in and just got stuck yeah. like a pipe. Yep. It seemed possible that if Kendrick was trying to squeeze into the center of the mat, he could have scrunched his shoulders together to make himself narrow. But his parents would later maintain that his size versus the size of the mat alone was enough to debunk the investigator's case. Almost a full day had passed until Johnson has been discovered. Full day. Whole day. As he was upside down, blood had rushed to Johnson's head and he eventually began to bleed from his facial orifices. Mm. But this is one of the most baffling mysteries of this case. The black and white gym shoes that laid on the ground below Kendrick Johnson, the one he was presumed to be reaching for, was lying on top of the pool of blood, but there was no blood in the shoe itself. Like they got placed there. Yep. A hoodie and a pair of orange and black gym shoes were also found lying on the floor of the gym, as well as traces of blood on the wall nearby. Investigators tested that the blood, which revealed that it did not belong to Kendrick Johnson. They also reported that the blood had likely been there for a long time. Wait, I'm sorry. That You said they tested the blood that was there and it wasn't his? <laughs> yeah, it was blood on the wall. Yeah. Yeah, investigators tested the blood, which revealed that it oh, did not belong to Oh, not the blood that was, like, in there with him. No, was it was blood other. on the wall, yeah. Okay. There was blood on the wall nearby. Okay. They also reported that the blood had likely been there for a long time. Investigators did not take the hoodie and orange and black gym shoes into evidence. <laughs> they believe that the sheriff's department was too quick to rule out foul play as a cause for Johnson's death. For sure. Considering that within 24 hours of finding Kendrick Johnson's body, they concluded that it was an accident. That's too fast. For you that's to way that too conclusion. fast. For that to be, I mean, that would that's like some Sherlock shit. And you'd have to have really, like, irrefutable evidence of that being the official stories that, oh, yeah, this kid climbed up over top of the thing, reached down, and it slid in there, yeah. and then just suffocated and died. Yeah. And that just makes total sense that he would do that, and why he would do that, and why you know they uh, rent out the lockers and what. No questions like th- for that to be just like, oh well, case closed. Well, yeah, and it was no blood on the shoe that he's reaching for. Yeah, why wouldn't be no blood on the shoe that he's reaching for? Super <laughs> strange, man. Again, let me be clear. I've done really stupid shit as a kid. Hmm. So I could understand the I, the notion of, oh, but oh, let me be more athletic to cl- climb up the top and slide down the thing. I just I've done stupid shit like that before. No, I don't know. Not like I don't know. It's it, it. This is a different level of weird. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's not. It's just, a six foot tall yeah. mat that you if you for you to reach for your shoe, you have to you going all the way to the bottom. Yeah, when you could just lift it up from the bottom itself, lean it and yeah. slide them. I up. mean. I, that's which not my prob- shit which, which I'm is, knocking that shit over yeah which is shit. probably how he got it there anyway 
when I say weird, I guess, yeah, I guess the goofy shit I'm describing is, you know, uh, there's a ceiling fan in the room. I jump up, smack the fan, yeah. knock the whole fan over. <laughs> oh, man, I don't, why'd you do that? I don't know. I yep. just, just cause. Yep. Boys are, boys do dumb shit. Yeah. But that is weird. It's yeah. just weird. It's, this is objectively a weird story and the official story doesn't make any sense. Yeah. That that's the official story is he got rolled up in the mat and just mm-hmm. suffocated in, for a day. Yep. The Johnsons were also sure that their son's body had been moved, which was corroborated by Lowndes County Coroner Bill Watson. Georgia state law dictates that the coroner be, be contacted immediately on the discovery of the body, but Watson claimed that he was not notified until six hours later. Mm. Furthermore, Johnson's parents argued if this was an accident, how could no one have heard how could no one have heard Kendrick call for help in a high school of over three thousand students? Yeah, was it like last period gym? Like everybody went home after this gym class and he was the only kid left in the gym? No no PE teacher. It was just a lights out gym and he Nothing. was like, Oh, I forgot my shoes, I'm barefoot, and everybody else is gone for the day and I'm I gotta get my shoes and this accident happens and nobody came in that time that he was in there suffocating? Yeah. Come on, man. So you John- know, often teachers teachers stay late every day. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was his gym shoes. I mean, because you said barefoot, like he didn't have any shoes on. No, but I'm saying oh. if, you know, I, like when I was in high school, you know, I know you got to change and all yeah. this kind of stuff, but he's the last kid left to change. Like he's, I don't these think are this his was, shoes, right? I don't think this was gym period though. This wasn't a gym period. Oh, this, this was, was like, he, this like was football him practice. Back, this something? was him just going back to get his shoes between classes and then. But it said he was barefoot. Uh, oh, it did. Oh, I didn't. I don't remember seeing that. You sure? You read it. They said they found him barefoot. Oh yeah, you're right. Cause he did. Okay, yeah. I'm thinking. I'm thinking that this was between classes. Cause, cause the part I get to, that's why I said that. Right. Why, but I'll keep. I'll but keep it's going. like some kind of activity. He had to be yeah, doing right. some yep. kind of yeah, activity right. for yeah. his shoes to be off. Yeah, you're right. You don't just are in a gym by yourself with your shoes off. I'm assuming you're wrestling with another kid or something for you to be shoeless. So the story just doesn't make it just doesn't yeah. make any sense, man. Yeah, the reason why I said that is because when I get to another part is, yeah. is why I said that. Okay. Um So Johnson's parents finally believed that their son's death was not being taken seriously because of his race. Kendrick Johnson was black, and the Lowndes the Land the Lowndes County Sheriff Chris Prines and his investigators were all white. Mm. Indeed, in twenty thirteen, racism in Georgia was still very much alive. The family's attorney, Shaveen King, expressed that if Kendrick had been white, this case would have been handled differently. So they do have a picture of him um, without his without his shoes on. Okay. Yeah, yeah, picture. So Kendrick Johnson's parents released a photo to the media of their son's face as he lie as he lay in the funeral home. The photo in which Kendrick's face was extremely swollen, mm. almost does not look human. The public was horrified by the photo and began to rally around Johnson, rally around the Johnsons and their quest for the truth. I guess because all the blood. I mean, it was like, yeah. like, I'm not going to compare it to the Emmett Till photo, but it was like, it was very swollen. It was just, it was like a completely different color. Yeah, it was. It's, yeah, that's crazy. On May eighth, twenty thirteen, a judge granted Kendrick Johnson's body to be exhumed. A private pathologist was hired to carry out a second autopsy. The time, this time, the autopsy revealed that Kendrick Kendrick Johnson had suffered hemorrhaging on the right side of his neck, which mm. meant that he had likely died from a blunt force trauma. 
the patholo- pathologist concluded his death was not an accident. Mm. On top of this, the second autopsy revealed that some of Johnson's organs were missing, mm-hmm. and were missing, and in their place, his body had been stuffed with newspaper. The Georgia, the GBI, the Georgia Bureau of Investigations claimed that the body was sent to the funeral home after the first autopsy. Johnson's organs had been put back inside the body. However, the coroner said that these organs were not sent to the funeral home because they were too decomposed and were instead disposed beforehand. So that's what the coroner said? That's what the coroner said, yeah. And the funeral home said that when they got the body, the organs were there? Yeah. I'm trying to be, be clear. It says... The body was sent to the funeral home right. after the first autopsy. Yeah. Johnson's organs had been put back inside the body. Right. Because yep. they embalm you. Yep. And then the coroner said that these organs were not sent to the funeral home because they were decomposed and were instead disposed of beforehand. So the funeral home lied. Yeah. Somebody's lying. Somebody lying because if they were put back and then they wasn't there and, y'all, and then they didn't the, get sent to y'all like yeah. what the f- and then the, what the do you autopsy mean? person is saying that they threw the organs away because they were so decomposed yeah somebody's lying <laughs> so the funeral home said that it received the body without organs which it replaced with newspaper or sawdust as a common practice while embalming the Johnsons did try to sue the funeral home for mishandling their son's body and perhaps having done so in order to cover up his true cause of death but this case was dropped. Mm. Regardless, the organs were, were lost and could not be tested during the second autopsy, which further aroused the suspicion in Johnson's parents that this was a cover-up. Mm-hmm. As a result of this new evidence, Matthew Moore of the U.S. Attorney for the Middle District of Georgia announced a formal review of the case. The Johnson's hope for the coroner's, the coroner's inquest, which would begin the process of reclassifying the cause of Kendrick, Kendrick Johnson's death as a non-accidental and reopening the investigation. The request, however, was denied, even though the coroner Bill Watson had originally expressed a lack of a lack of confidence in the sheriff's department handling of the case. Mm. So they just said, we're not going to open it just because. Yeah. We don't care if you have like a, a, a justifiable reason. Yeah, it was just like, it's like they didn't even try or care they didn't care yeah. it was like we they said it was an accident so that's what it is we're gonna run with that and you know what's really sad is in all of this i'm sh- I'm sure both of his parents are very much in his life but um the statistics on like uh black women not being believed at hospitals when it's about their own bodies mm-hmm. like they're, they're saying, i'm not feeling right and they're treated as hysterical mm-hmm. i could see that playing a role here. It's this black mom she's saying my son wouldn't do this and they're like but your son did because that's what we said yeah. and that's what I know this officer or whoever and he said that happened this way so lady you're just being h- hysterical and you mm-hmm. don't want to believe your kid died in some stupid way yeah. and maybe Kendrick Johnson died in some stupid way it's possible but to dismiss a woman whose child was found rolled up in a fucking uh, gym mat mm-hmm. and then the fucking case starts to unfold and this newspaper stuffed in this kid's body yeah. and his neck has hemorrhaging on it and it it's, has all kind of funniness. And then they come back with a, a, a coroner who says, yeah, man, I don't think this was an accidental death. And they go, uh, well, it's still close. So, mm-hmm. yeah, let it go. Yeah. That's crazy. So CNN gained access to, access to the school security footage on the day that Kendrick Johnson was killed. But upon, upon viewing it, realized that it was offered little insight into what happened that day. 
The camera which faced the mats were unfocused and skipped around. I'm sure. All that could be seen from the cameras was Kendrick Johnson walking towards the gym and then several seconds of the, f- of the footage of him jogging within the gym. He was never shown within or leaving the gym, indeed. He never did show up for the following for his following classes. Furthermore... So this was in the middle of the day? Yeah, I said that. He didn't go to his class. Wow. After that, after that happened. So then, that's crazy, man. Yeah. So furthermore, an hour, a whole hour of footage from the gym was missing. Come on. Right at the time which would have shed light on what happened that day. This finding further increased the confidence of doubters that his death was an accident. Yeah, so another article I read that it was a whole like hour and a half missing from the, from the surveillance footage. Um, I mean, I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not surprised about that. No, no, I have not insight, but this lines right up with my YouTube conspiracy wormholes and stuff. And once you're finished, I can shed some light on you of the two big theories that were out there when this was big, mm-hmm. and they're crazy as shit. But um, I'll let you finish, though. Then, in 2014, Kendrick Johnson's parents filed a wrongful death suit against the school's officials, alleging that Johnson had been harassed by a white student, Mm -hmm. which went neglected by the school, perhaps due to his race. Ebony.com described the murder of Johnson to have been at the hands of two white brothers, Mm -hmm. though they did not include names. The description of these brothers closely resembled that of Brian and Brandon Bell who the magazine claimed had killed Kendrick because of a fight they had over a year earlier, which had escalated. The Johnsons also accused the brother's brother's father, an FBI agent at the time, of covering up the murder by manipulating the school and authorities involving investigating Johnson's death. Mm -hmm. In 2015, the Johnsons filed a $100 million lawsuit, civil lawsuit, against 38 people, including three of their son's classmates, the school, the local crime lab, state and federal officials, five agents of the GBI and FBI agent, and more. The parents asserted that the sons of the FBI agent killed Johnson and had used their connections to cover up investigation. Mm. Well, that's the first theory, so I don't even need to go into the first one Yeah. once you're done, because that's the the big one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Johnson's father, however, admitted that he had no heart no hard evidence to back up any of these claims and that the Johnsons had to drop the suit. They were sued for more than $850,000 in attorney fees and more than $1 million in defamation charges. So they got ruined. Yep. Wow. They were ultimately ordered by the judge to pay close to $300,000 mm. worth of lawyer fees to, th- to those they had accused with no evidence. I mean... I- I don't even know what. But the crazy thing is, is again, I'm not like a conspiracy theorist. You are. But there are, <laughs> <laughs> there are some conspiracies that I buy into and I believe. Mm-hmm. And if this one is true, of course there's no evidence. How would they find yeah. evidence that is being covered up? Yeah. The tape is gone. The organs are gone. The These two kids, they, they have a... Uh, issue with this kid Kendrick 
and this kid Kendrick, his neck has a, a hemorrhage on it, and this there's evidence missing, and the police are being sketchy and not wanting to cooperate, and then it turns out that these two brothers who got in a fight with Kendrick a year earlier, their dad's in the FBI. I'm not saying nuts. the FBI is like all-knowing, all-powerful, they can just make anything happen, but that is weird. Yeah. It, it, it is, it's weird. That's full, you can fully admit that these are, it's too many, co- it's, it, the coincidence meter it got to too many coincidences yeah. for it to not be weird. Yeah. And he just coincidentally fell. Oh, I guess when he fell, he landed on his neck and he hemorrhaged his own neck while mm-hmm. he was in the thing. Oh, his, his organs are missing, but it was just some kind of weird clerical thing. And the, 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 the body, the organs were rotten and all this kind of stuff. It's just too many coincidences. The brothers, their dad's in the FBI and That's they got in a crazy. fight with Kendrick. And it, Come on, man. The shoes didn't have blood on them, but he bled crazy in the thing and... And then the, the but the craziest part to me as a parent, I would go, so you're telling me my kid had the only gym class that day? Yeah. You're telling me he didn't go to any other cla- of his classes, so there were other classes, and nobody else went in that gym for the rest of the day until the next day? Come on, man. And if other kids hide their shoes, Kendrick just is the one kid is like, oh, I have my shoes over here. Yeah. Come on, man. I would think in a situation like that, all the kids put their shoes there. And maybe that's how they found them. Maybe they... Some kid went to put his shoes there and they found him. But that it took a whole day for that to happen. Nobody heard this kid screaming. It's nuts, man. I'll let you finish so I can tell you the more insidious, crazy conspiracy. All right. So in June 2016, the Department of Justice announced no charges will be filed against anyone in relation to Kendrick Johnson's death. Mm. Considering there was insufficient evidence to support federal criminal charges, as far as the feds were concerned, the case was officially and finally closed. In June 2018, Kendrick Johnson's body was exhumed for a second time and a third autopsy was performed. The findings of the, the second autopsy, that Johnson's death was not accidental and caused by blunt force trauma, likely due to being, stuck, likely to being struck in the head with a 45-pound dumbbell, were confirmed. Wow. Kendrick Johnson's parents hoped that the results of this third autopsy, the surveillance footage, which they were convinced had been tampered with, and the mishandling of the evidence at the scene would be enough to reopen their son's case. It wasn't. It does appear, however, that their quest for answers has only led to more questions. As of May 2019, which was just a couple months ago, mm-hmm. the family has filed another suit against the funeral home. There have been no more updates since, um, since on the case of Kendrick Johnson, but we'll keep our ear to the ground. And that was... My story of um, the mystery murder of Kendrick Johnson. From where? Um, all th- all that's interesting by um, written by Natalie DeGroote. Okay, cool. Shout out to her. Um, so, yes, the story is very insane, and I guess I am a little bit of a YouTube conspiracy theorist. But it's you know it's not a th- I'm a conspiracy believer because I don't come up with the theories. Sometimes I speculate, but mm-hmm. I don't come up with just like detailed theories about my own conspiracy. Mm-hmm. So I'm a conspiracy believer sometimes. And the conspiracy about this is about organ theft. And that there are there are there are these uh um African American uh historians and um people like uh Dick Gregory who rest in peace to him, he's a comedian and an activist who um I'm not saying I believe this, mm-hmm. 
but a lot of times they believe some you know sometimes a drive by happens mm-hmm. and a kid you know shot shot down and he just happens to be o negative and oh they rush him to the hospital and it turns out he's a donor and they take his heart and it was just some crazy accident but then that heart goes to you know a senator mm. you know uh Dick Cheney had like open heart surgery like five times mm. you know i'm sure he got a new heart from somewhere and these people who have money and influence and this is i'm again I'm speaking purely conspiracy, just something I read on the internet. I'm not saying this is factual or anything that, or that this is what happened to Kendrick Johnson, mm-hmm. but this is the belief by some people on the internet is that this kid was, his organs were harvested and they folded them up and threw them in the back of that thing. Mm-hmm. Now, the first thing that you said makes a way more sense that this was just some father who had the yeah. ability to keep, save his kids. I, you know, there's a whole podcast about that. I think the in the dark podcast is about some stuff like that, where this guy his mom was a mayor or something, so mm-hmm. he kept not getting in trouble, and they wouldn't investigate him for a murder. It's just that kind of influence exists. Yeah. But the insidious, dark conspiracy is this kid was a victim of organ harvesting because organs are very um, valuable in the black market, mm-hmm. and they took this kid, and his organs are missing, and his newspaper in him. Now, this could all be debunked by somebody way smarter than me, I'm sure. But there is a belief out there that people out here, if you got millions of dollars and you have a, oh, oh, my heart's insufficient, so I guess I'll just die as a billionaire. It's like, no, um, go get me a heart. Yeah, I'm not asking where you get it from. Here's a million dollars. Weird, obscure, dark black market agency. Mm-hmm. I need a kidney. You know, you don't ever hear about, uh, you know, polit- politicians such and such, governor such and such, sultan of this country such and such. Oh, uh, he he has kidney failure and. They can't find a match for his kidney. Yeah. They don't never have an issue finding those people. There's some people who that's not ever going to be an issue for them. Until they're just too old for the new heart to work, mm-hmm. they're going to get a new heart when they need a new heart. They, that, there's no shortage of hearts for people that are worth $100 million. Yeah. A billion dollars, $2 billion. I'm not saying this is what happened to Kendrick Johnson. I'm just saying these are the kind of things and the discussions and the conversations that are happening on yeah, the internet. I heard, I heard that one too. I still believe the first theory makes a lot more sense. Yeah. And also, let me say again, it's totally possible, in as crazy as it, it would be, and is, that this kid just did some dumb shit and climbed up on top of the thing, slid down, and got stuck in the thing. But with this third auto- or second autopsy or the second exhumation that that happened, you're saying that he got hit. He could have got hit in the head with a dumbbell. That was the third one. Yeah. Oh, the third the one. Third. So, so just kept, it's just it's just it kept getting worse and worse every time, especially for the parent. You got to keep digging yeah. the child up and then doing autopsies and putting them back in the ground. And it sounds up. at this point it's starting to sound a little irrefutable, but they're threatening the parents with suing them back and all those kinds yeah. of stuff. There's things you can do to intimidate somebody to just shut up. And they're like, "Well, legal fees, and you don't have any money, do you? We'll sue you back." And they already did it, and stuff got quiet. And they said, "Fuck it, we're gonna we're gonna try to get justice for our son." And they did it again, and then they came out with even more crazy information. And they still can't get justice for this kid. Yeah. So that's that's a really. But well, they reopened up it a couple months ago, so hopefully something. I tell you what, at this point with all that stuff going on, if something did happen or was to happen, it would be something we wouldn't find out about it. It's this thing you can do, which is insane. Donald Trump has done it. Um, recently, I, I watched something else where somebody did it. I think it was. Oh, it was in uh the thirty for thirty, the new thirty for thirty mm-hmm. about the Sterling Donald Sterling. It's called yeah. the Sterling. Affairs. I was gonna bring that up in my uh. That's your suggestion. Yeah. Oh well. Um, sorry. Thanks. But anyway, Donald Sterling in that thing, he, you can settle with admitting no wrongdoing. Mm-hmm. Where if you get sued in a civil case, 
You can pay somebody the money mm-hmm. for whatever crime they're accusing you of and admit no wrongdoing. They sign an NDA, mm-hmm. uh, you know, promising to never really bring out the details of this agreement. Mm-hmm. And you're never charged with whatever. And the people get money. Yeah. I'm not saying that's what these fam- this family's going to do. But when somebody puts $30 million in front of you and tells you to shut the fuck up, sometimes you do it. Mm-hmm. That's what happened with Freddie Gray's family. You know, it happens. I'm not saying they're wrong for that. I'm just saying your kid's gone. You're in a tough position. You want answers. You want justice. But somebody goes, here's $50 million. Shut the fuck up and don't talk about it anymore. That's the only uh, uh, hitch in the thing. Is We'll give you the money. We aren't going to admit to any wrongdoing. And you're going to shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. I like to think that if my kid was murdered, I would not take that deal. I like to think, but I don't know a situation in this alternate universe where I have a kid who's murdered by the police or murdered yeah. by some fucking kid of an FBI agent or whatever the hypothetical is. I don't know what situation I'm in in that where $50 million could change. I have another kid yeah. and a wife and whatever. And that money would really help us. And our son really? or daughter would want us to be in a good position. You can convince yourself to to justify taking the money and shutting the fuck up. Yeah. So if this Kendrick Johnson thing does just disappears and we read a year from now, oh, uh, it's just settled. If, if with no detail, it's settled and it's undisclosed mm-hmm. information or whatever, then they might have just kicked him off with some money. Shit gets a little too messy. It's starting to get other people. Because if this thing is really what they're saying it is, there's a lot of people's hands on this. Yeah. People are racing tapes and fucking... Putting the moving the body and mm-hmm. there's kids involved that you know might have hurt this kid and FBI's involved. Throw the money at it, shut them the fuck up. That's wild. The world's wild, man. Yeah, the world's fucking crazy. And I don't feel comfortable talking about any of shit I've been talking about anymore. I don't like to. It, it, I don't even know what the hell I'm saying. You know, I just this is just all just stupid um, shit that I've seen on YouTube. I don't mm-hmm. know anything. I don't. I don't know anything about any of this type of stuff. Um, so we're just going to get out of that. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. Sorry for ruining your, um, suggestion. Come up with another one, uh, immediate, yeah. immediately. And when we come back, it's my turn to tell you guys some fucked up shit. So stick around. You just smacked your face on the mic, didn't you? My head. Oh, okay. Well, we'll be right back. <laughs> All right. And we are back. Fran, are you ready for my affirmative murder? Yeah. My affirmative murder this week is actually... A murder possibly thwarted so there is no murder mm-hmm. but it's a very fucking triumphant and amazing story that we all probably know it's one of these is this is one of those stories where you go oh i do kind of vaguely remember that but it should be etched in our memories it's this this story that i'm about to tell should have a movie out it should mm-hmm. have had a movie out it should have been an incredible story a lesson that we teach the children but because of the color of the person's skin in my opinion it was a story that really disappeared very quickly. Mm. Um, my story this week, my affirmative murder of sorts, is the story of Erica Pratt. Um, so here we go. <clears throat> and I, I wrote this. <clears throat> Courage can never really be tested until you are faced with real, high-stakes, almost insurmountable difficulty in life. A lot of times, even with the courage, obstacles can be too great to overcome. And sometimes courage and determination can overcome impossible situations. It was the summer of 2002. Two men abducted then seven-year-old Erica Pratt as she played on the sidewalk in front of her family's home in Philadelphia. They drove her to an abandoned building about 10 miles away, gagged her, bound her arms and legs with duct tape, and then locked her in the basement. 
Word on the street was that her family, who lived in one of the rougher, more impoverished neighborhoods in Philadelphia, had received a significant amount of money after Erica's uncle died. Although the rumor was false, the kidnappers called in a $150,000 ransom to her grandmother. While the crooks contemplated their next move, this fearless little fighter spent the next 24 hours gnawing at the tape until she was free. Then she busted through the window and called for help. In a 2006 kidnapping murder case study, researchers came to the conclusion that in about 76% of the missing children homicide cases studied, the the child was dead within three hours of the abduction, Mm. and in 88.5% of the cases, the child was dead within 24 hours. Mm. So this could have been this child's fate. Yeah. The the clock is short in kidnapping cases. Because, again, that story I told a couple weeks ago about that kid who, he was dead the night of, Mm -hmm. and they kept sending notes the guy kept sending letters and everything because there's this moment for kidnappers i would assume where you go i'm i'm in way over my head yeah but they saw my face and i can't just take them back so i gotta kill them you know unless you're dealing with a very sophisticated kidnapper who's willing to really hold on to this kid Mm. and get the rant go get the ransom like you it really is about the ransom this happens in mexico a lot Mm. where they take kids politicians or whatever for ransom Send a note, tell them to drop the money off somewhere, mm-hmm. and then you know drop. Sometimes, sometimes they don't get the person back, but sometimes they drop the person off and, and get the money, and it's like a lick. Mm. It's like we we just made fifty k. Yeah, you know, but um, that's what these these two uh people helped to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Asking for one hundred fifty thousand dollars based on a rumor that they heard about somebody's uncle dying and left somebody about. I just, wow. but sometimes I just think about the you know that uh. What's that game like the ten cup game with the string? Mm-hmm. That's how the streets are sometimes. Where you just the story somebody died and you know maybe their maybe their grandfather left them five grand. Mm-hmm. Five grand turns to fifty grand, and by the time it gets to the wrong yeah. person, it's a half a million dollars, and they're moving out of the neighborhood, and they just bought a Mercedes Benz, and now people end up doing shit like this. Yep, that's just crazy, man. That's why I stay low and build, man. Yeah, I, nobody's ever gonna know. How much money I have? Yep. I'm not flaunting it. I don't need. I, that's not what money is. Not for the purpose of other people. It's for the purpose of you. I so flaunt it, but I ain't gonna be in my hometown. That's for sure. <laughs> we don't even need to get into that. We don't even need to get into that. <laughs> uh, prayers out to um, rapper T Grizzly and his family. Yeah. That whole story was insane, and I don't want to get into that. But yes, it is very. Now I'm not saying T Grizzly is anything like Nipsey Hussle, but I'm just saying like it's it's crazy how many people put on for their city get on yeah. or scream out where they're from their hood whatever and you go to that same place and this people has wait, been waiting there hated you since you got on started making money and can't wait to catch you slipping it really is a sad cycle man what Jay-Z say Jay-Z said uh, he said crabs in a bucket but they ain't tell you crabs ain't supposed to be in a bucket they ain't tell you that <laughs> that, was a, that was a slick little bar it was knowledge anyway um so that was some um, some statistics on uh, kidnapping. Also, only one, only about one child out of every ten thousand missing children reported to local police is not found alive. So kidnapping statistics are actually pretty crazy. I, I read a statistic that was like it's something like in the ninety percentile, like ninety percent of kids that go missing end up coming back home because a lot of times really? it's just it's, a lot of times it's just confusion. They told their parents they were going to be oh, here. Oh, I get it. Not okay, kidnapped. I get it. I get it. If, I get you're, it. I some, you. if you're kidnapped, yeah, that's a different you. statistic. But gone missing, a lot yeah. of times those calls to the police is like, 
Oh, they were at their friend's house. Yeah, okay, I got you. Yeah. Um, so I'm yeah, so, what? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a distinction. I want to make sure it's a thing. I'm not saying kidnapping. I'm saying gone missing. Yeah. Uh, however, about 20% of the children reported to the National Center for Missing uh, and Exploited Children and non-familial abductions are not found alive. So the numbers go up when you go and look at it nationally mm-hmm. as opposed to looking at the Baltimore statistics. Yeah. But nationally, about 20% of the kids who are reported missing based by non like if a person you don't know takes you mm-hmm. 20% of those cases nationally the kid is never found oh that's when they go scaring the shit out of you with them damn uh, alert things. the amber alerts yeah. yes a lot of times even with amber alerts those those a lot of I don't know it's not in the 90s but it's it's a higher percentage than you would think a lot of times it's just it's, it's a misunderstanding hmm yeah and uh, somebody can have a heart attack by the thing yeah, for sure. I don't know why iPhone, it doesn't, I guess they want you to wake up and really pay attention and look out your window to yeah. see if you see a, a beige Camry or whatever, but it is a lot on my spirit yeah. when it's 2 o'clock it's in the morning. Shit out of you. Or whatever, yeah. the phone's vibrating. Same thing with floods. Okay, mm-hmm. I hear the rain. Yeah. You don't need to scare me. Anyway. um, Yeah, so that's just a little bit of uh, statistics on kidnapping and stuff. So, oh yeah, I got one more. In 80% of abductions by strangers... The first contact between the child and the abductor occurs within a quarter mile of a child's home. Mm. So you really got to be careful because when you think, oh, my kid's right out front, they're safe. That's when they're the least safe because that's when you're not paying attention. That's when they feel safe. Somebody can pull up. My my dog. I have candy. Just come and just snatch them like Johnny Gosh. That's when they're actually more vulnerable. It's closer to your home because you're like, the neighbors know my kid. I'm home. Whatever, they're out front riding their bike. I told them, stay down. Don't go past the street light. But then it's that one time kid goes a little bit past the street light, yep. cross the street, ball goes out in the middle. It's just, it's a crazy wow. time, man. I don't know how people don't sit out there and watch the kids. I, I yeah, I, I, I don't I, like a five, a five to like, honestly, man, I, no, I take that back. Well, no, I wasn't like running around crazy at five, but at like 11, yeah, it was like come home by the time the street lights come on. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. get the leash on. Un- untied from you at yeah. like after like 10 at 10 years old whoever was trying to abduct me had to be in shape yeah because it's, it's to gonna say. be a fight it's gonna a- be a fight you have to catch me well the statistics are actually unfortunately it's pretty sad it's like mostly girls yeah I, it's, you know that's, that's sad yeah but as a father of a girl though I, I yeah. like to come here and let you know these things not that you're not on it yeah. but I just want you to be fully aware you know because yeah. you got an adorable kid and the, wor- the, the world and the society that we lived in is skewed towards thinking women and girls are easy targets yeah mm-hmm. whether that's true or not i'm not here to debate that mm-hmm. I, i'm women are tough and they can defend themselves but it, you know sometimes there's a guy that's just stronger than, and that's yeah. just the way that it is yeah it's just there's no you took co- taibo and kickboxing classes and all this kind of stuff there's some guys out there that are just stronger than most guys and stronger than most girls mm-hmm. and if they want to take you then and then you and you let your guard down and get in that Uber car without asking who the person is or you're walking around with headphones on. Unfortunately, I remember you were talking about a story. There was a girl. Yeah. You, you were like it's at Myrtle Beach. You were like, why is she doing that? You wow. know. And it's unfortunately that we got to think like that. But it's true. Her guards down. Somebody could just come grab her up. I'm just not paying attention. You know. Can't hear. Nah. Anyway, back to Erica. Uh, so the two young boys who were playing outside. Uh, who were playing outside heard her desperate pleas for help, and they worked together to pull her out of the basement. Several days later, her abductors were identified and sentenced on charges of kidnapping, robbery, and aggravated assault. 
Edward Johnson, who was 24 when he snatched Erica Pratt from the sidewalk outside her grandmother's Philadelphia home, was sentenced to 10 to 37 years behind bars. While getaway driver James Burns, who was 30 at the time, got 14 and a half to 49 years, which is so, that's so broad, you yeah. know, like, and I would imagine, I, I there this case, there's not a ton of, like, uh, follow-up, or where are they now, or, so I don't even know if either of these guys are out, because mm-hmm. it was 2002. So, for example, uh, Edward Johnson, if he got if he got charged, or he got sentenced to 10 to 37 years, he already has served 10, yeah. so he's eligible for parole. Or he was in 2012, so it's quite possible one or both of these guys are out on parole. You know, but again, this story isn't some, you know, uh, fucking Quavenzene Wallace didn't play this little girl in a in a movie in a biopic this story is insane she freed herself from a kidnapping yeah and i could barely find and that because dave Chappelle has a joke about this i don't want to repeat the joke because it involves r kelly but it is a funny joke I'm, I'm sorry but it is a funny joke and um so that's why i remember this girl's erica pratt mm. but there's not a ton of like imprint on the internet about erica pratt I found just about all I could find, and that wasn't a ton. Mm-hmm. There's no uh, A&E interview or something. You know, where you sit down with a woman who's an adult now, because mm-hmm. she was two years younger than me when she was kidnapped. She was seven in 2002. We were like 10. Mm-hmm. So she's, what, I'm 20, she's like 20, she's an adult now. She's 25 years old, at least. They don't want to go follow up. And, imagine if John JonBenet Ramsey wasn't dead. They would have made Dakota Fanning would have played J- John yeah. Benet Ramsey fighting off her captor and whatever. They, you know, how is this not? Oh, let's go follow up on this girl who freed herself from being kidnapped. Mm-hmm. That's wild that I couldn't find that much on her. So anyway, yeah. So the two guys got sentenced. Well, maybe to, she didn't want to. Maybe she declined interviews. Maybe she don't want to talk about it. Well, no, I found. I here's the thing though. I I found an interview where a girl was kidnapped in Philly. In 2012, and they go, let's go ask Erica Pratt, like, how this girl feels, probably. And she willingly went and did the little five-minute... It wasn't that's an not interview. Personal, that's not a personal story, though. I know, but she didn't mind going on camera for that. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. Maybe it is her. If she wants to move on and doesn't want to talk about it, maybe that's her personal thing. But she doesn't need to be a part of... And I'm not saying that everything, if, if, it, if it's not turned into a movie, it didn't happen or whatever. I'm just saying, why isn't there more interest in this story she freed herself from being kidnapped mm-hmm. she she chewed through, she chewed through the fucking tape over the course of 24 hours i guess these guys got high and fell asleep or something and she just was chewing through the tape in the basement and kicked the window out and two people heard her screaming mm-hmm. and came and helped her that's well, amazing yeah but you got people i survived that get all kinds of shit they may just sure wanna... but i'm not comparing yeah i'm not comparing i'm just saying why isn't she on I Survived? You know what I mean? I, I just, it's my point. It, why isn't this a? Why isn't this one of those stories that's just just known? It's just like, oh yeah, Erica Pratt, that girl that freed herself from being fucking kidnapped at seven. Mm-hmm. That should just be a story you just know. To me, in my mind, that should just be something you know. Um, yeah. You know, like I don't know uh, who she is, so Paul Revere or whatever, or you know, Christopher Columbus. You know, mm-hmm. who who is that? You know, to me, that's to me. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. Maybe this is just inconsequential crazier news stories happen every day I get all that but a 7 year old girl freeing herself from being kidnapped is Mm -hmm. pretty fucking wild anyway back to the story 
So uh, as her family and friends gathered to celebrate her uh, her daring escape and safe return, young Erica's bravery during the uh, ordeal caught the attention of the nation in 2002. One reporter said, for parents wondering if it's safe to let their kids even leave the living room without supervision, the most reassuring part of Erica's story is that faced with a situation in which many adults would panic, she kept her head and saved herself. In the end, maybe the best defense you can give your kids is not blind fear or is not blind fear of strangers, but rather instilling self-assurance and presence of mind. Mm-hmm. And uh, that always reminds me, there's this video I saw, this dad, he's filming his, his daughter and he's, she's telling the camera how to get a zip tie off of you, mm. off, oh, of, I think off I seen of herself, that. Yeah. where you just twist it back and forth. And I understand... Was it twist it back and forth or a shoestring? Yeah, that. Okay. Yeah, that. Sorry. She, yeah, she put the shoestring around and then mm-hmm. kind of like pulled it and then yeah. the friction or whatever. I'm not saying put your kids in boot camp and whatever, but it's nothing wrong with teaching your kid a skill set like that. Yeah. You know, and somebody on Twitter goes and well, make a joke out of it. Oh, that's just that's just Twitter. <laughs> my favorite thing about Twitter, just get off. My favorite thing about Twitter is people outwoking each other. Yeah, and it's the it's my favorite thing. That's why, I, uh, that's why I love Twitter so much. Why I'm always just kind of just watching mm-hmm. in the background. I say some stuff, but like I love watching somebody be like, "Oh my God, man, uh, eating meat is bad. It's so terrible." And they're like, "You know what's really terrible?" And then they say something about what that person said. It's like. You saying you guys when it should be you people. You're just misgendering and assuming that only guys care about the environment. You're like, oh my god, are these people battling about <laughs> who's more of a good person? Uh, it's so it's so obnoxious and hilarious. Anyway, uh, so admiration for her perseverance continued through the following year when the U.S. attorney, when then U.S. Attorney General John Ash, John Ashcroft presented her with the National Center for Missing and this is Jesus Christ. This must be a huge fucking award because the, the thing would be so long. Uh, they presented her with the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children's National Courage Award. Hmm. And then it says her name as well. So that's Is that like, like a pen or something? I would hope it's like a trophy of oh. some kind, you know. A or, a, or maybe like a, um, a medal. Like they like they put it around her, like the Medal of Freedom. Like she puts her head down and they put it on her thing. Yeah. But I couldn't find footage of that. Wasn't that big of a deal? If it's this big national thing, I couldn't find much footage other than one news clip of this thing. And it was a very old, grainy news clip. Um, One officer said that it amazes me that a child of seven has the composure to take the time to gnaw her way through duct tape and get out. And in a, in a 2013 interview, as I mentioned a couple minutes ago, Erica said that although counseling has helped her, it still gets scary at night. Yeah. And she's often nervous walking the streets at night. She also went on to say that her ordeal made her stronger. She also um, went on to attend uh, college at Florida A&M with dreams of becoming a veterinarian. And that's the last mm. uh, That's the um, last update I could find on Erica. Uh, so that was my story, Erica Pratt, like I said. Um, that was very courageous. That was powerful for a seven-year-old to, like, you know, like that officer said in that quote I read, I don't know if I would be able to get out of that situation. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're trying to freeze. You're trying to figure out if you should comply, if they're going to let you go, if this is a joke. I don't know. And this little girl just said to herself, I don't know what the fuck's happening, but I don't know these people and I'm getting the fuck up out of here. Period. No thinking, no hesitation. She got right to it, got busy with baby teeth in her mouth probably because she's seven, chewed through duct tape and kicked the fucking wood wood window out of a bando. Who came? Who? 
there were some kids probably you know playing basketball or something and heard her because she kicked the door kicked the window out and started screaming oh okay and I'm sure these fucking whoever these two dudes were are probably high upstairs or just pretended like oh shit she got out just don't go outside and yeah. just let her go and so t- two kids heard her screaming came over pulled her out mm. and got her home wow so That's yeah crazy. that was the story of Erica Pratt I think that um, any parents of boy or a girl whatever you should don't don't hide your kid from the fucked up realities of the world. Let them know that there are scary people out there and don't go up to cars and uh, don't people shouldn't be touching you and mm-hmm. you know, all that. Kind of, let them know that there's stuff that because a lot of times kids think that adults are just right. Yeah. You know, so if he touches my shoulder or rubs my back or whatever, it must be fine because that's an adult. Mm-hmm. I don't think any kid should think like that. Yeah. No kid should think like that. Even if it's a kid where you got to go, sorry, man, because the kid's like, um, he touched my back at a party or something, and you have to go, sorry, man. I'd rather apologize than my kid think it's okay for adults to be rubbing them wrong, and it is wrong. Mm -hmm. The attention is wrong, and they don't know because it's an adult. Mm -hmm. And then by the time they realize it, it's too late and something crazy is happening, you know? So let your kids know that there is crazy shit out in the world. My mom would ask me every day when I was a kid, if, like, somebody touched me when I was at the playground. Every day. You know? And mm. then eventually I went, no, mom, nobody touched my penis. <laughs> at, like, at, like, six or uh-huh. something. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got... It was so ingrained in my head that I was over it. Uh-huh. I was like, no, it didn't happen again. Uh-huh. I'm on the lookout every day. I'm watching for it. I'm keeping guard. It didn't happen. She did a job. Exactly. <laughs> and I stand here before you untouched. Yeah. Luckily, I'm fortunate. I was never involved in anything kind of that life change altering and fucked up like that. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that because my mom alerted me that's why it didn't happen. Yeah. But awareness is key. Awareness can be the difference in, you know, something bad happening or and not happening. Yeah. You know? So just let your kids know, man. Let them know early that the world is a crazy place and not every adult's right. And people are weird. There's weird people. And everybody's just like, oh, I, I saw a video of a little girl before we got out of here. A little girl. And it it was praised as a cute thing. But she she was going around this like festival and hugging all hugging the people. Hugging everybody. I saw that. I would never. I wouldn't want my kid to just think that it's okay to just go and hug a stranger. Walk up to any stranger and hug them. Mm. Because the, the, what if I turn my back for a second and they go, hello, hug. And they just pick my kid up and leave. Yeah. Well, she was like two. So she's like today. Like, then they gonna remember that. I don't think they gonna remember that. I get, I get where exactly where you're coming from. But then you can get snatched at two. Yeah. Well, I mean, the adult was about. You mean I'm doing sa- that? I'm saying the, uh, you could be at a grocery store. Oh, and they you go turn do that. your back, okay, and they you. see somebody okay. that they go want to go wave because you taught them like, yeah, you wave to people and give mm-hmm. them hugs. I've seen videos of women fighting people just. Uh, there's so many videos of dudes just walking in a yeah. grocery store, just t- trying to take a kid out of a basket in a yep. in a in a grocery store. Yep. Broad daylight. Broad daylight. It could yeah. be that fast. Now imagine if your kid is like, those oh, are like I'm those like are like uh, uh, child trafficking or something. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're snatching them to do some crazy That's shit. Crazy. They put them in a van and oh man, it, it, in broad daylight. I'd I'd be like, whoa. Yeah, no. That's yeah, it, it, it's some fucked That's up shit in the world, right. and I think everybody should be aware of that there's no age limit on finding out that shit is yeah. fucking crazy. Yeah, you know. Um, so that's my two cents on that as a, a, a parent, a, a childless adult, you mm-hmm. know, so what do I know? But that's just how I feel about that. Um, so that's my two cents. Like I said, that, that was my affirmative murder of Erica Pratt. Not really a murder, but still. And Fran, your murder, uh, your affirmative murder of Kendrick Johnson. Again, a story that I kept up with up until probably like a year and a half ago, um, because I was so 
um, invested in the craziness of the the organ trafficking yeah. and all that whole story and all that kind of stuff. And then the thing about the FBI, it, it's such a crazy story mm-hmm. that I have kept up with that. And I mean, again, I, I genuinely feel like if something is resolved in this, it won't be something we find out about. It'll be they'll pay them off and tell them to shut up. And that's my belief. I hope mm-hmm. they push it to the wall and expose something if there's something to be exposed. But if there's something to be exposed, it won't get exposed. Yeah. That's my belief. Anyway, um, let's see. Uh, my recommendation this week. Um, hmm. Well, the new Mindhunters is out. Okay. Um, that's been good so far. I finally finished season one once I found out season two was coming out. You've, I thought you already watched season one. I started watching it, but then you know how it's so much stuff. It's so much content. And I'm already mad. I already had a rant already about the chicken sandwiches. I'm so mad at Disney Plus because they keep coming out with all this uh, sneak previews and shit, and it's just another thing I'm gonna have to pay for. What are they gonna have? Everything. Uh, Disney all Disney Plus is fucking Disney Plus is ESPN. So any of those oh, Kobe yeah. Bryant, uh, you know how he breaks down players, and you see like a little clip of it. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be a show on the ESPN Plus, mm-hmm. but that's part of Disney Plus. And then Disney Plus is gonna have all the superhero shows. All the superhero, they, they got all these new ones coming Fam, out. Damn, it's insane! And I'm like, come on, man, I, stop taking my money. I don't even know some of the superheroes that's on the list, but I'm gonna watch them. Yeah, I'm gonna get Disney Plus. It's one like Moonlight, what, Moon Knight, yeah. whatever. <laughs> I'm gonna get Disney Plus. I'm gonna keep Netflix, even though they're uh, it's coming up to like twenty dollars a Netflix month. Is over, man. But I got rid of the cable though, so I got a little bit more money to play with. Netflix is over for me, bro. You canceled it already, or you're saying no, that? I, I'm canceling once Disney Plus. So I'm gonna have Hulu. I don't even need Netflix now. I don't even watch Netflix. Nothing on Netflix is funny. Mind Hunters is good. That's my suggestion this week. Don't shit on my suggestion, man. I'm suggesting people if you have Netflix, if you haven't been like Fran yet, and you're well, while we're all waiting for Disney to take over the world, because it hasn't dropped yet, it drops in November. November, Keep your Netflix account, and until November, if you get a chance, watch watch Mind Hunters. I highly recommend that. It's a great show. And then once that's over with. When Disney drops and just drops the nuke on everybody, they're coming out. Lizzie McGuire's coming back, fam. I'm not going to watch it, but that's cool. <laughs> you know how much of a crush I had on Hillary Duff when I was uh in 2000? year no. 2000? Major crush. Mage. <laughs> Mage. Mage crush. She's coming back. Uh, they're supposed to be bringing the Proud family back. Yep. Like, Classic. come on, man. And they keep dropping these little hints where I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't need Netflix and this and boom and HBO now and Apple TV Plus. They got a new thing they're supposed to be coming out with Apple TV Plus. Oh, I don't need all this stuff. And then Disney's like, hey, uh, you like Superman? Or whatever. I don't know. It's not Superman, but whatever. It's like every week it's like, I don't think I'm going to get Disney Plus. You like Proud Family, right? We'll be coming out with a new Proud Family. Oh, you want to watch all the old Disney movies? Well, you can't watch them on Netflix anymore. It's going to only be on Disney Plus. I'm like, damn. I love Hercules. I love Tarzan. You know, so they keep getting me, man. Every week is some new preview thing. So I'm going to have to pay for that now. Yeah. Taking all my damn money, man. And I'm going to get it to them mad. Yeah. But they're going to get it. Emperor's New Groove? Classic. Great. That's going to be on there. <laughs> I know. Probably Emperor's New Groove and Emperor's New Groove TV show. That's so obscure, man. You a fan of that? Yeah. So of all the Disney shit that you could have said, that's so that wow. I love that movie. That's a deep reference. <laughs> Shout out to Fran. Wow, Emperor's New Groove. Wow, you pulled movie. that out of the tuck, man. That's one of your faves. Yeah, I, I can I believe you because nobody says that. <laughs> yes, I love. When you're that. like, what's your favorite Disney movie? Like Lion King, you know. Uh, whatever. Emperor's no, Emperor's New Groove. New Groove. Yeah. <laughs> love it, man. Wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, I don't think there's anything else left to be said after something like that. So uh, I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, number one fan of uh, Emperor's New Groove, Francel Evans, and we'll see you guys next week. Deuces.